Welcome to Digital Asset News. Take the top stories in cryptocurrency and digital assets and break them down to bite-sized pieces. Before we get started, let's do a little housekeeping. First of all, this video is for entertainment purposes only. I'm not a financial analyst, a financial planner, or anything that has to do with finances. I'm just a small business owner that has a keen interest in cryptocurrency and digital assets. Second, if you do us a big favor, it would be much appreciated. Please like the video if you like it. Comment below about anything that we talk about in this video, and it can, you can say anything you want to, uh, that the video is awesome or the video is awful. It doesn't really matter. Just make sure that it's specific to the video. And also subscribe. Now, you don't have to do all three of those things, but if you do, that'd be awesome. All right, let's get into it. So XRP finally spikes 9% to 21 cents. As Brad Garlinghouse insists, Ripple can't control the XRP price. And this is interesting because we've been waiting this for a long time. Uh, XRP maximalists, I would assume, are, are heavily waiting for this. Now, me personally, I have invested, I have diversified across different cryptocurrency and digital assets. Um, I have invested in Bitcoin, I have it in Ethereum, XRP, Cardano, Chainlink, and EOS. So when I talk about these things, you know exactly what I'm talking about and why I'm talking about it. It's because I'm biased and that's just the truth. I like these things, I've done a lot of research. I've been investing since 2017, so why the hell not, right? All right, before we get into this story, I want to make mention that remember, uh, for every F-bomb or cuss word that I say, I donate one XRP to the wildlife uh, that has been decimated over in Australia in those awful fires. So if you could do me a favor in the comment section below, let me know how many profanities I drop and I'll be sending that money over to Australia quickly. All right, so XRP spikes. Fantastic, this is great news. I always like it when cryptocurrency and digital assets go up. I don't care what they are, as long as it's within the cryptocurrency and digital asset space, right? When the water comes in to the harbor, all the ships rise. So if Bitcoin goes up, great, brings up everybody. If XRP goes up, great, other things go up. So all this different uh, infighting and stuff like that, I think we should just drop it. Let's just all cheer for each other and be like, hey, you went up. Great, hopefully my project will go up because we're all in the same space. And uh, just remember, everybody thinks you're crazy, except me. Because look, you're in an echo chamber. All these different videos that you see are, this is this contributes to like 1% of the population. Outside of these things that we discuss, everybody thinks you're nuts because cryptocurrency digital assets is a early adopter type of thing right now. Now moving forward this year, I think we're gonna be more mainstream. But uh, right now, we are the vast minority. So let's try to support each other, shall we? All right, getting into the story. Ripple has surged by roughly 10% in the last 24 hours to regain 20 cents mark. Fantastic, making it the biggest gainer among the top 10 cryptocurrencies. One of the major issues over XRP is about how decentralized it really is. And this is getting into where it talks about Ripple can't control the price of XRP any more than the whales can control the Bitcoin price. So they're talking about how this project, XRP, is not decentralized. And it's and there's a different there's different criteria for decentralization. It's not just about how many nodes you have and how this distributed ledger is across you know uh, different validators or whatnot. It's also uh, can be looking at how many coins are in the possession of the few. 
So we know that uh, with certain projects, um, and Bitcoin is no different, Ripple or XRP is no different, there is a consolidation of coins in the hands of a few or in the wallets of a few. I think there was a story um, that was on Cointelegraph and it looked at like 234 different wallets control like the vast majority of Bitcoin. Um, but that is that may have changed, I don't know. But we know that, yes, uh, XRP or Ripple uh, does is locked up with a lot of XRP in its escrow. But that is a smart contract type of thing. We're going to get into that in a bit. Anyhow, moving on, it says because Ripple holds the majority of XRP tokens, which it periodically unlocks from escrow. If you're not aware of this, in December 2017, Ripple, the company, had a boatload of XRP. So to protect everybody involved, they said we are going to lock it up into an escrow and we're not going to be able to unleash it on the market at any one given time. And what we'll do is we'll put it in this escrow for like a, I always think of it like a smart contract. And at the, the first of every month, we will release 1 billion of these XRP every single month. And sometimes when these things don't get sold or if it doesn't get sold, we put it right back into escrow. So we don't just leave it there having to accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. We'll put it right back in escrow and away it goes. So as time moves on, I believe that as the adoption rate increases, more banks are using ODL or on-demand liquidity, AKA XRAPID, uh, um, we will see more and more usage of the XRP token. I think this is actually a good thing. Moving on. There's a little note here. It talks about um, how Ripple depends on XRP for its cross-border payment solution. And what we're talking about as far as banks go. So the question that I see a lot in the comment section is, but wait, banks don't need XRP. All they need is Ripple because Ripple does the same damn thing. They don't need XRP. They don't need on-demand on liquidity. They can just use Ripple's X current and they can move things, you know, in three to four seconds across borders. So this is a great question, and this is a video that I show many a time. So if you've already seen this, you can uh, fast forward uh, two and a half minutes into the future. However, if you're not familiar with the differences between X Current, X Rapid, on-demand liquidity, how XRP all fits into this, or if you've heard some bullshit on the internet about how uh, banks don't need um, they don't need XRP, all they need is Ripple, and Ripple is just a, a scam. Watch this video. It's only two and a half minutes long. Here we go. When we read headlines that another bank or another big client has signed on with Ripple, what does that really mean in practice? What it means is that someone has uh, signed up to use our technology to uh, enable cross-border payment flows. Uh, I think what the confusion that happens in the marketplace is that our core product, uh, kind of our flagship product, is called XCurrent. And XCurrent is solving the, the, really the messaging and settlement problem that exists in the financial system today. Uh, humorously, frankly, I point out to people that if the three of us decided we needed to get $10,000 or 10,000 pounds to London today, the fastest way for us to do that is to go buy a ticket, EWR or JFK, and fly it there. <laughs> and that's just, that's just a fact. Uh, obviously, that seems crazy in a world of the internet. I can stream video from the space station. So what Ripple's, that X Current is enabling is real-time messaging, real-time settlement between banks. The confusion that I think people are like, well, wait a minute, how's XRP fit? XRP is used in our second product called X Rapid. 
XRapid is solving a liquidity problem. So it's the messaging is, you know, I have an existing pool of capital between the Bank of Andy and the Bank of Dan. You're using big bank, very successful bank. Bank of Dan is a good one. Bank of Dan. <laughs> Andy's bank, a lot of compliance what? issues. Oh. The, 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 these two banks are using XCurrent to settle fiat. A key point here. What happens though is you decide you want to settle with the Bank of Brad. The Bank of Brad is in Argentina and we're using pesos. You don't want to pre-fund pesos in my my bank. Now, part of that is because that requires an outlay of capital. That's dormant capital. Part of that is because you now have a compliance check that you're doing annually and quarterly. There's, there's cost associated with that. And if it's the Argentinian peso, you have an inflation problem. So you put a hundred thousand U.S. dollars worth of, or probably a hundred million dollars worth of U.S. dollars there that is now going to be worth worth less over time. What XRapid allows you to do is to have real-time liquidity. The Bank of Andy can sell a dollar, buy XRP. That XRP can then be moved to an Argentinian digital asset exchange. You can sell the XRP and buy an Argentinian peso. And now you have good liquid funds in less than 10 seconds in another market. That sounds pretty fantastic. So to break it all down, it's okay to use XCurrent, sure. But if you really want to maximize your profits as a bank, and that's, I think that what's that, that is the purpose of banks, right? They're not in the game to lose money. So if they're like, yeah, well, uh, XGrunt's pretty good. Uh, what about this XRapid, this ODL? Uh, yeah, you're gonna save even more money and you don't have to pre-fund everything so you can have more liquidity. So instead of uh, parking your hard-earned money uh, into, I, I use the, that term hard-earned uh, money very loosely for banks, but if they take that money and they have to pre-fund these Nostro Vostro accounts and it just sits there in a bank like in, ben in Venezuela or some kind of third world country where there is a huge amount of inflation, they actually lose uh, profits because they're just sitting there hoping that a customer comes in that has to pre-fund into that corridor. And that's a big problem. So for me, if, if you're a small business owner, you know that liquidity is huge. The more liquid you can be, the more you can actually grow. Um, I have a couple businesses. One is an online education platform. The other one is where I sell products on Amazon. If I could tell my supplier in China, say, hey, um, I need a thousand of those units, whatever those units are. And I, I'm not going to pay you up front, uh, but I want you just to ship them to Amazon. They'll label them and everything else. Uh, but once they sell, then I will uh, pay you your um, your part. But uh, I want to keep everything liquid. That'd be awesome. Now, that's kind of like a loose interpretation, but uh, you get the point. The next question is, well, all these Nostro Vostro accounts that these banks are pre-funding around the world, uh, how much does that account to? It accounts to $20 trillion. That's trillion with a T as in Tom. Trillion. Trillion. That's a lot of money. So I think that this is a winner of a type of project. Um, but there is the next question I always get is, well, why don't the banks just start up, start off with uh, X Rapid and uh, or what's called uh, ODL or on-demand liquidity? So I want to have you listen to this. 30 seconds and off we go. Now I want to make sure that we define our terms forever in terms of XRP, the token of XRapid, Ripple, the company. I think there's some confusion there. Uh, you know, very often we hear financial institutions talk about blockchain. They talk about using blockchain, but without any cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency, they sort of, eh, I don't want to have to deal with that, but I like blockchain. And so in this example you've just brought up, in fact, let's say the Bank of Andy says, okay, I like the idea of the international payment going faster, less friction, but I don't really know about XRP. I don't want to use that. Can that be, I mean, that's a, a back-end settlement token, really. We, we th that is, the, 
that is how we engage customers. Okay, so right there, how we engage customers. If you've ever been into sales, I used to do uh, sales for a medical device company. And I would go around and I would teach doctors and nurses how to use this particular device for wound care. And uh, even on my online platform, we use what's called a tripwire. Tripwire is something that is, it has value, but it is not the big um, whatever project or what product that we have. Tripwire just gets people in the door, gets them interested. Later on, we sell them on to something even greater. So they just get in the door with this X current. Go, look, I know as a banker, you've heard a lot of things about, you know, uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, that they are funding terrorism, that they are only used for Silk Road, they're used by the cartel. I get it. Uh, but we have this product called X current. I mean, it's fast and it's not as cheap, but it's pretty good and it gets way better than your current situation that you have right now with Swift. Great, we'll try that. Later on down the road, boom, they get to use ODL, XRP, and then everybody gets brought in. Let's listen. You know, there is a, clearly there's a lot of misunderstanding about digital assets, and I think some of it's been you know clarified in the, the, the panels today. But what is interesting, and a, a quick anecdote, uh, even before Andy and I had met, I was a CEO of a voice over IP company. I was a telco guy way, way, way back when, pre-Yahoo. And actually, I came into Yahoo. Yahoo bought a company called Dialpad. I sat down with the CEO, or sorry, at the time, he was a very senior guy at SBC Communications. His name's Randall Stevenson. I've heard of him. He's now the CEO of AT&T. Mm -hmm. Randall Stevenson said to me in 2000, AT&T, most of the time SBC, will never use IP for voice traffic. Now, his point was, look, the, you know, we have a, a robust analog switch network that works for voice brilliantly. We'll invest in data. We'll invest in IP data. We'll have a separate network for that, and that's how it evolved. Well, today, there is no voice network at AT&T. It's all IP. I think the exact same thing is going to happen in the banking world. I talk to senior banks, people who are close to the company Ripple, and they're invested in us, and they, they're like, hey, look, we love what you're doing around XCurrent. Not sure yet of XRapid. That's fine. It's Randall Stevenson. Like, I'm having an echo chamber. The X Rapid product gives you a faster product at a lower price. Do we really not think that people are going to say, huh, that's kind of interesting? So over time, I, I view this absolutely as a crawl, walk, run. We're now working with over 100 banks around X Current. We've announced. Okay, so that's, that's it right there. Do you see kind of where everything is going? And remember this it's not what you know, it's who you know, and it's whose elbows you rub with. So. Ripple is really making a big push. I mean, not only do they go and talk to the titans of industry, but they're also working with the US government and working with regulators right now because regulation is what is going to shape this platform, this economy, cryptocurrency and digital asset market, I believe. And there's one more thing about Ripple and XRP, and that is I had no idea this was actually a thing, but I thought all banks were pretty much equal, but apparently, Big banks screw small banks, and there's only so many big banks out there. There's a lot of small banks that are getting screwed over, and what does that mean for Ripple? Listen to this, 45 seconds. The lowest common denominator for cross-border transactions is enabled through SWIFT. It's enabled through this correspondent banking network. And there are a very small number of banks who dominate that, and they, they extract billions of dollars of profits from the rest of the banks. They sit on the top. You know, when you ask, why is Jamie Dimon, you know, saying things about, uh, I mean, Jamie Dimon, well, actually, Citi is kind of number one, HSBC is probably number two, but JPM is way up there at the top, and they're making a lot of money from other banks. When we go talk to banks, 99.9% .9 of banks, they're like, we want Ripple to be successful. 
because I'm sick of paying these guys and you know, they're taking a lot of money from me that I then have to take from my customer and why do I want to feed City to be more competitive with me in this local market? Or at the very least. Great. And that makes sense. Moving on. All right, so moving on to the last part of this this section here, this article. Ripple CEO Brad Gullinghouse insists that the fintech firm cannot control the price of XRP. Gullinghouse noted that Ripple owns a lot of XRP and therefore is very interested in the success of the digital asset. Regarding the accusations of dumping XRP, he opinion that it is not in the best interest of the company to do so, and the company has actually locked up their XRP tokens and escrows. So when I see this, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, how much does Ripple actually have in escrow? How much do they own? And this is the question that comes down to the decentralization. So how many, how many tokens do they have? So let's take a look real quick. So if you look at, pretty simple, Ripple.com, just has it all laid out here. Uh, total XRP held by Ripple, 6 billion, 7 million, blah, 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 724 million. Uh, total XRP distributed, that has been already over to the exchanges, already owned by other people outside of the um, Ripple sphere. And then the total XRP placed in escrow is 49.9 billion, which is the that, which is the majority right there. It's the vast majority. So if you look at this, some people will say, well, Ripple has 6 billion plus their escrow, which is 49.9 billion. Um, but they can't touch it. It's in escrow. It's like, like I said, it's a smart contract. So they really can't do much that they can't dig back in there and go, okay, we're taking it all and we're gonna, we're gonna raid the uh, treasure chest. So look, uh, these escrows, they're gonna keep going on for every month. And as they start to be released into the market, I believe that a lot of the different banks uh, that are using XRP right now, which I'll be honest with you, is not that many as compared to the X current types of banks. Um, I think it's going to be used up every single month and it's gonna drive the price up, but we will see. Moving on. This was a quote from Brad Garlinghouse. And they said, regarding whether XRP price is controlled by Ripple, Garlinghouse had this to say, oh no, Ripple can't control the price of XRP any more than the whales can control the price of Bitcoin. Me personally, and uh, tell me what you think in the comments below. I believe that whales do control Bitcoin. I believe that whales do control not just Bitcoin, Ethereum. I believe they can control XRP. I believe that they control a lot or a large portion of the cryptocurrency and digital asset market. Now, I could be wrong, but it's a very small market. It is only around 200 billion right now, which is a drop in the bucket as far as the quadrillions quadrillions, not trillions, quadrillions of money throughout the entire world. So I don't think that uh, that um, a whale, 10 whales, 20 whales, has much of a problem to control the price of different assets. Look, we hear about some kind of negative news and everything drops to the ground. Positive news, everything goes up. Um, I'm hoping that these days are over. It seems like the news doesn't affect, sure as heck doesn't affect the XRP price, XRP price that much. Uh, so we will see, and I'm uh, looking forward to 2020. All right, next party says, when asked about Ripple selling XRP to institutional investors at a discount, he explained that they do indeed sell XRP at a cheaper price to institutions, but with some restrictions about how these institutions sell the tokens. No idea what that is. 
uh, as far as like what it actually entails, I don't think anybody can because probably what Ripple did was they sold these institutions. They had them sign an NDA, non-disclosure agreement, and no one's gonna talk about that until later on in the future, whenever, or if it ever does expire as far as the NDA. So I can't tell you what it is, hoping for the best. <laughs> so here we go, XRP up by over 9%. After a turbulent 2019, things are finally licking up for the third largest cryptocurrency. At the moment, XRP is up 9.5%, trading around 21 cents. Fantastic. Here's one of the reasons. Binance recently made a huge major announcement about XRP. Binance Futures, the cryptocurrency exchange's futures platform announced on January 6th, today, the launch of its perpetual contract for XRP. The contract will be paired against Tether and will offer up to 75X leverage. Now look, I'm not a financial planner, or financial analyst. I don't really, I don't do any trading. I just slowly accumulate because I tried to trade in the early days of when I got into it and it was a uh, pretty much a disaster. It was just too volatile. And because I believe that there are factors outside that are actually manipulating this market, that I don't believe that TA can really make some really solid judgments. I mean, maybe one or two, 10, I don't know. But as time goes on, I think the positions, it's. I don't think that they can predict well enough to where you can say, yes, you're definitely going to make money here. And I don't think anybody can say, um, yeah, I'm a great technical analysis or analyst and you're definitely going to make money. Even in this whole market, you can lose everything. But I feel safer just slowly accumulating dollar cost averaging in and then having an exit plan as the bull run comes about. And remember, if you're new to this space, I want to, I want to remind you of something that these bear markets go for a very long time. So if when the bull run hits and it goes parabolic to where the prices go way, way up, you need to remember something. What goes up must come down and at some point you're gonna have to get out. Not financial advice, but this is what I'm gonna do. In 2017, I didn't listen to the investment advice that I had read and I'm left holding these bags right now. If I would have gotten out, just has a nice little exit plan um, then I'd be way ahead right now. If you're looking for an exit plan, I have one that I had written up that I'm going to use. You can take a look at it. I would not, I'm not gonna recommend you use it because it's not financial advice, but that's what I'm going to use. And it's my uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and XRP exit plan. And they are in every single one of my, in my comments section. All right, so this 75X leverage, I don't really like, I mean, I understand sort of what it is. Apparently you can like take a thousand dollars and then roll the dice and go, no, I think it's going to go up. And then you could, you know, gain 75,000 or 50,000 or 20,000 $20, extra. But the increase in risk, or I'm sorry, increase in reward, there's also an increase in risk and you could lose a lot of money. Now, if you're a levered trader, congratulations. Um, you're on the edge and, and that's all you. I don't... Uh, particularly prescribe to that because I'm more of a safer person. So if you're looking into that, uh, good luck and God bless. All right. This is where it gets interesting. After Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, XRP is now the fourth cryptocurrency to be added to the Binance Futures trading platform. This announcement, however, raised questions with the crypto community, knowing that XRP started rallying before the official announcement was published. It's been postulated here's what it says manipulation or someone has some insider trading so look at this this is by larry sermerk at lawmaster that's a good one 
So what's interesting though, is that XRP pumps about 10% right before the announcement. Could be a coincidence, but I don't fucking think so. So yeah, look at this. Um, I remember in 2017 when Bitcoin Cash was uh, listed on Coinbase. <laughs> and uh, you know, no one, no one started trading there, but before it was announced, it went up from like 10X, 20X, something crazy. So yeah. This market is uh, needs regulation, and I've talked about this in every single video, but the more regulation we have, I feel is the better. I mean, not to where we have to be, get clamped down, but all these scams and ICOs and this insider trading shit needs to go away. Now, is it gonna totally eliminate that? No, but just like what I talk, like what I talk about with, um, with speed zones and, and uh, speed limits, will it, will it totally eliminate people speeding and crashing? No but it'll greatly reduce it. Same thing with regulation, I believe. So if we're looking at these types of things and insider trading, and what about manipulation? Are futures contracts good for a digital asset in crypto or does it drive it into the ground? Let's take a look real quick. So futures contract, the CME, um, this was an article in September 2019, and it was talks about how there is market manip manipulation and it is rampant. And this was uh, was research, new research warned of a striking systematic trend in Bitcoin price movements, with Bitcoin falling far further than average ahead of CME's Bitcoin futures contracts being settled each month. Bitcoin dropped an average of 2.27% toward settlement each and every month compared to an average of just 0.06 on a random day over the same period, Bitcoin and crypto analyst at Arcane Research found. Adjusting for large outliers, researchers found the average price movement up 0.04%, while for the period before the CME Bitcoin futures contracts are settled, the price falls by 1.99% on average. How convenient is that? Statistically, it's highly unlikely that the price falls in advance of CME settlement should be caused by mere coincidence. No kidding. And then, another type of article, Manipulation, CME Bitcoin futures flash crash to fill $8,500 gap. This was on November 2019, not more than two months ago this happened. So look, when I saw this about XRP and the price jump, I was like, ooh, great, why, why's the price jump? And I saw why I'm like, damn it, this sucks because I know what's gonna happen. I mean, this is what I believe to be happening or is going to happen. We're gonna see prices go up, and it's gonna be whacked out and crazy and then all these settlement dates and it's just gonna it's gonna be a pain in the ass so again I don't like to look at the prices anymore I just slowly accumulate and I'm just uh, you know I have some people just I tell them wake me up for the for the parabolic run so I don't give a sh I don't give a crap about anything else right now and that's that so let's keep looking here what do we got what do we got okay so yeah, highly suspicious and all this, all this stuff. It's a bunch of, it's a bunch, a bunch of bullshit. So, this leads me to my question: Is XRP a shat coin? Now, I did a video yesterday. Uh, John McAfee, if you don't uh, know or haven't heard yet, John McAfee, who was a big, big Bitcoin maximalist, talked pretty negatively about Bitcoin, calling it a. Um, it's an ancient technology and that it's he compared it to the team the, the model t car and how it's just the first one and it's pretty much going to go away and it's worthless so all these years that he talked about it he was basically just full of shit 
and he just wanted to uh, bring people in. It's the video, I'll try to post it up above, but I always forget to do that. Um, but yeah, he's just uh, another one of those guys. So I like to ask the question then, I asked the question, was Bitcoin a shat coin? And we took a look at it and we determined, nah, it's not really, it's not really pure shat, uh, but there's problems with it, that's for sure. So if you're interested to see like what uh, we found out and then why uh, the Bitcoin shortcomings, check out the video out. Let's take a look at XRP and what the shadow meter actually is. So the shadow meter, it's on a one to five. We look at seven different criteria. On one means it's not a shat coin, it's totally not, it's almost unrecognizable. You're like, that's not shat, that is not shat. Second one is shat, maybe there's some problems here that we see a little chink in the armor, a little crack in the armor as it was. Three is a medium shat, now we can go either way. There's some problems with decentralization, there's some problem with scaling, there's some problem with this coin that makes us go, I don't know if I'd invest in that. If we get to a four, we're talking about a big shat or just a shat and it's looking pretty bad for it like this looks definitely like a shat and if we go all the way to five it's just pure shat because this is the one that has definitely huge big problems so this is the criteria that we're looking at seven different criteria does it solve a problem is it secure meaning is it decentralized are people actually using it is it does it have utility is it scarce is it scalable are people improving it are there any pumps and dumps and how long has it been in the top 100? So if you look at my favorite coin, it's called Tomato Coin. And Tomato Coin was around for four months. You can find it on uh, CoinMarketCap. It's, it's like ranked number 2000 or something like that. Anyhow, that's a pure shat. It was just a pump and dump and just awful. And uh, I, I don't know if it was supposed to put pizza on the blockchain, I have no idea what it was. But uh, yeah, so let's take a look at XRP and ask the first question, does XRP solve a real problem? Let's see. So first of all, you have to take a look at Ripple. What is Ripple doing? What are they focusing on? They're focusing on cross-border payments only. They're not in the game to be smart contracts. They're not in the game to be a privacy coin. They're not in the game to be for regular payments at uh, Starbucks. They're in the game just to do one thing and one thing really well, cross-border payments. And the reason? because cross-border payments suck. Let's take a look. So Ripple versus Swift and what's the new process or Swift GPI. If you're not familiar with Swift, if you go to a bank, you wanna transfer money uh, across borders outside of your country, it has to go through different uh, banks within the system and each bank is a different fee, so the fees start to rank up, rack up, and uh, it is a big problem getting it from, let's say, Texas, all the way to the Philippines. So there's a problem. So let's take a look at the, the difference between RippleNet or Ripple and Swift GPI. First of all, Ripple 2012, found 1973. Headquarters in San Francisco, the hoop. Eh, this stuff doesn't really matter. Number of clients. This is big though. Number of clients for Ripple, just 250. And for Swift, 3,500 plus. They have the vast lion's share. But here are some of the banks that are working right now with Ripple, Santander, PNC, SBI Holdings, Cambridge, American Express, I didn't know that. And then of course, for Swift is everything, pretty much everything else. So this was from the video, the things that we talked about as far as tech, um, XCurrent, it's just to you know, process payments, XRapid is the liquidity part, XV is send payments, that's a new thing we'll get into another video. Instant payments, yeah, both can be instant. Instant settlement, no. So you get the payment, but then the banks have to settle between themselves. XRP, 
X-Current on-demand liquidity, they can do that instantly. With the banks, they have to actually move that money around physically. However, that isn't, it's not the case with Ripple and XRP. Liquidity sourcing, like we talked about, yes, we can send XRP across, they can go to the exchange, swap it all out, they don't have to pre-fund. With SWIFT and SBI, every single bank has to pre-fund every single account. That's trillions of dollars just sitting in the Nostro Vostro, that's a problem. Transfer speed, I think it's not bad actually. XRP is four seconds, and with the SWIFT GPI, which has just been implemented actually, you're looking between five minutes and 24 hours. I do think though that they're actually reducing that time for SWIFT, so I think it's better. So good for them, congratulations. Fixed rates, both determined by bank. Data, bi-directional, you can go from bank to, to, you can go from US, back to the Philippines and back again. Uh, with SWIFT, it's just one way, sorry. What's the architecture or tech? Uh, blockchain, SWIFT is just a messaging service. One is decentralized, one is centralized. One has consensus, we're gonna get in that next one. And uh, the settlement process is just like a clearinghouse, paperwork. And there's one of the big ones, currency. So SWIFT can only move this type of currency called fiat. But XRP can move all this types of currency. Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, tomato coin, <laughs> dollars, euros, pounds. And I believe um, as time goes on, central bank digital coins will also be moved by XRP. Key features, um, only takes four seconds, seven months on demand, saves up to 60% in price. Again, I don't think banks are in the game to lose money. I think they're in the game to make money. And I think that, that those cost savings will go on to the customer themselves. So instead of like paying, I don't know, eight bucks per transaction that you have to do, maybe now you only have to pay like a dollar, two dollars, three dollars. I have no idea. But I can tell you, cost savings around the board is good for everybody. And payment cost is reduced. Now, advantages over at SWIFT, it's large, 10,000 plus banks. It's consistent, 220 international payment corridors, meaning different countries, 100 billion in GPI payments per day. Damn, it's a lot of money. And then hundreds of thousands of payments, which is nearly 10% of SWIFT's cross-border payments traffic, so great. Disadvantages, this is old, 60% owned by Ripple. That's actually not true. Consistently targeted by hacking frauds for uh, SWIFT. There is a volat. What does this say here? This is a, a misnomer. Volatility of the native asset XRP. So if the bank, if you're a customer, I want to send money from Texas to someplace in Mexico. Okay, we're going to do it using XRP. Great. You buy the, you can, the bank or, um, MoneyGram buys the XRP for you, sends it over, they transfer it into pesos, goes the person. That happens within four seconds. So as far as volatility goes, there is no volatility. Well, there's a little volatility, but if you have to take a volatile asset, which is XRP, buy it, send it, receive it, and it takes four seconds, the volatility is next to nothing. Let's look at some type of other um, like the petrodollar or something like that, something in Venezuela. You have the petrodollar, you take it, you use SWIFT, it takes 24 hours. The fluctuation, it's a lower volatility maybe, but it's still volatile and there's more time. So in all actuality, there really isn't a problem with volatility. Anyhow, and then of course, here's another big one for SWIFT, there's a 4% failure rate. So I think this actually does solve a problem and I'm gonna give this on the shadow meter 
just a one, not a shat. I think that this is definitely solving a real problem. Not only that, I think it's focusing on one specific thing and that's good for everybody. Moving on, next question. Is it secure or decentralized? Let's take a look. This is one of the biggest knocks on XRP. And I think if we can just look at the validators, these are all the different validators or nodes or whatever you want to call them that have the ledger um, on their mainframe, right? So it's not just, I mean, there is, Ripple is there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Great, there's seven of them. But these are all the rest of them, all the different validators that they have. So, okay, I still say it's what's called a consensus. I still say it's decentralized. However, the problem I see is that there still is a large amount of coins or XRP with uh, the Ripple company. However, it is stuck in a escrow or a smart contract. So they really can't get those out. So if I had to talk about uh, decentralization, I would put it somewhere between a one and a two. Because I know some people are gonna like bite my head off, but it doesn't matter. Um, you know what, it's a two. It's a two because of all these different, this, this billion that gets put onto the market. It's not dumped. It, it's put onto the market for anybody to buy. Would you rather have this happen or some whale come along and just dump billions upon billions without you ever knowing? Or not even telling you uh, in the beginning. So we'll say it's a two. Next one, are people using it? Utility, let's take a look. So this question is asked about as far as transactions. Now I did the same video with Bitcoin yesterday. You can see that Bitcoin transactions, this is in blue down here, 339,333,000. So it's roughly about 300,000 per day. These are transactions, mind you. These are not, people aren't using Bitcoin to pay for a coffee, get a donut. They're using transactions, they're buying Bitcoin, they're trading Bitcoin, they're putting it in different wallets. That's a transaction. They're not buying squat, it's a store of value, quote unquote. Um, but with XRP, I think definitely with MoneyGram using it, uh, going across borders and using XRP, that's why we see a big, huge pump, way higher than any other digital asset, and it's being used. So I'm going to say that is definitely a big fat number one, not a shat. Is it scarce? So Bitcoin is 21 million. Ethereum is capped out at 18 million per year to be minted. So what's the cap or how scarce is XRP. So we take a look at it here. The max supply is 100 billion. So yeah, it's a lot. But have you seen how many transactions there are and how much money there is in the world? A quadrillion? I think you're gonna need that type of supply of 100 billion. But uh, it is scarce. It's not like the US dollar. I think we can all agree there. The Fed can print as much dollar bills as they want to. So there is no scarcity. With XRP, it is 100 billion. Uh, so I'm going to say that it has scarcity. So I'm also going to give it a one. Moving on. Is it scalable? Are people improving it? Great question. So what I need to know is how fast is it? And is it scalable? How many transactions per second? So if you look at XRP, it takes three seconds to move across the ledger. Ethereum about two minutes, Bitcoin maybe an hour, depending how congestion. And I think it's improving. Traditional system, three to five days, maybe 24. So as far as fast and speed, boom, XRP's got pretty good track record. As far as scalable, 
XRP handles 1,500 TPS or transactions per second. Um, Ethereum is at 15, Bitcoin is three to six, and I think Visa is somewhere around 25,000. So they're not at that level of Visa, but they don't need to be. They're not here for payments. Visa, MasterCard, those type of places, debit cards, those are the ones that have to have a high TPS, not XRP. They're just doing cross-border remittances, and that's what they're focused on, so I can see it. So for this one, definitely a one. Pumps and dumps, we're gonna see with this, uh, with, with this leverage trading. So I expect um, XRP to go up, and I expect it to crash and around and around, especially during settlement time. So we will see, and last question, uh, how long has it been in the top 100 uh, since 2017? Uh, data before that, I didn't even care to look it up, honestly. So at least two years it's been on there. So in all of this, and you're free to disagree with me, which I'm sure you will in the comments section, but if I had to average it all up, I think I gave it one, two, just a shat. So we put it at like around uh, 1.1, 1.2 as far as on the shadow meter, XRP is not a shat coin. Now we will look at others as time goes on, but that is it for today. This video went a little bit too long, sorry. Uh, I wanna say thanks for sticking with me and I will see you on the next one.